Well, good afternoon. It's PFG Live. It's Sunday. It's 2 p.m. on the East Coast. It's probably another p.m. on another coast. How is everybody? Mr. Blodgett, welcome aboard. CJ Stevens, welcome aboard. Happy Father's Day. Whether you're a father or not, you, you had one. Joel, first in with a weather report. Chandler, Arizona, 96 degrees Fahrenheit and 11% relative humidity. Joel, you could store filament on your front porch. That's pretty cool. Well, I will give the uh, local weather report in the southern New Hampshire. It's 68 degrees, standard temperature and pressure. And um, we're going up to 69 degrees. Go figure. We are uh, joined by the Discord server. So if you're a Discord person, you can go over to the Kinetic Precision Discord. And we are in the PFG Live Stage section. And you can insert your rowdiness there. Mr. Blodgett reports 61 degrees with 52% relative humidity. Rain moving in in the Oregon City. Excellent. I'd be shocked if there wasn't rain moving in at some point in the Oregon City. Widget Works. Welcome aboard, sir. 11 degrees science. It's raining with 88% relative humidity. A little moist. And C.J. Stevens reports 77 and overcast in the most eastern of Tennessee possible. There's so many E's at the end of the word Tennessee that it has to be eastern. Well, nice to see you guys. It is Father's Day, and therefore I expect a bit of a light turnout, but we'll see what happens. Uh, had some very interesting conversations with fellow uh creators, makers, machine shop people in the last uh, couple of weeks, mostly on the topic of the bamboo, which has been universally positive. And we could talk a little bit about that today or a whole bunch of that today, whatever you want. You've got me for an, you paid for the hour. So it's whatever you want to do. Uh, let's see. So um, the big advantage of the discord server is the lack of lag. So let me explain. Oh, just this just in. Dat2T reports 86 Fahrenheit, 30 degrees centigrade or Celsius, depending on your side of the street. By the way, thank you for the doing the calculation for us in southwestern Germany. Welcome. And you're playing with two hands, I could see. You're over in the Discord server and you're on the YouTube. And I expect a full uh, differential analysis of the two uh, mediums, or should I say media. Uh, outstanding. Well, we had rain yesterday, a lot of rain, which we needed, and it is just drying out. The sun is out. I would call it partly cloudy, but we had our season of rain yesterday, and uh, that was that was a winner. And it's ironic because we're going to be talking a little bit today about dehydrating um, filament and desiccant and keeping your your humidity away from your your filament. Um, and that seems to be a, a, a running topic. My buddy of mine just bought a house. And it's the first time he's owned a house with a basement. So he's all about the the humidity in the basement and measuring it and controlling it. So this whole week has been about water vapor. Which uh, which is fine with me. Uh, let's see. Uh, we got the YouTube is ramping up. Excellent. I'm just looking at the technical numbers there, and that'll work. So uh, fun week. As you know, if you've been following, uh, I ended up taking the plunge and buying the Bamboo X1 Carbon uh, 3D printer to support my uh, proclivities. And that has uh, been a been a win, a real win. Uh, I do have some reporting to do on that. You may recall that when I got the bamboo, I um, noticed a little rubber bushing popping out of the left-hand front top bearing. And 
was concerned about that. Let's take a quick break here to welcome K-Bonk. 83 and sunny in the Philadelphia. Very nice terse report there, K-Bonk. Well done. Um, you're warmer than us right now. We, we're only going to 69 today. I don't know why, but we are. So um, I posted to the Discord server which uh, for, for Bamboo, which, by the way, is a great resource, and two different randos... Uh, saw my pictures and said, hey, you got a bent bracket. And I looked in there and finally I got my my head in the right place and, and my head tilted to the right angle. And sure enough, the left-hand upper bracket to which the um, support for the, the bearing is mounted was bent. Uh, the good news is that sucker was printing awesomely well with a bent bracket. <laughs> I can't explain it. But it was doing a great job. So um, I ended up uh, getting Bamboo to replace it. And that process is in, is in work right now. But I was so impressed with the whole process, with the printer, with the quality, with everything, that I bought another one. So uh, Bamboo number two is on the bench and working great and the, the brackets not bent <laughs> so we got that up and running uh it was a pretty you know once you've set up the the bamboo x1c once setting it up again is way easier um and yeah it went just uh, swimmingly well uh immediately printed a benchy it's kind of my first thing that i always print and it was absolutely perfect. So off we went. We just started using it. Um, a couple of interesting technical issues which I, I'll point out that I experienced. One is, and, and not everybody's going to experience this, but I'll explain why. Um, the bamboo only connects to your network via wireless. It doesn't have a, a, a network connector, which is a little teeny bit of a bummer i kind of wish it had a network connector and here in my house slash shop slash office slash madness we actually have multiple waps and it's part of a ubiquity system well ubiquity has a controller that manages all the waps wireless access points um and i was getting some weird network connectivity challenges with the bamboo and and after it had started off just fine and then it started getting a little weird i'm like something's up well to make a long story short the bamboo which only works at 2.4 gigahertz on its wireless networking by the way was trying to switch between two different wireless access points and every time it did that i surmise there was some delay in getting all the handshaking sorted out and it would break. So when I finally figured this out, I was able to go into my Ubiquity controller and point at the printer, which I guess it tracks by MAC address, I think. It might, might be IP address, which is fine because it's, it's fixed in my system. And I basically said, this device is locked to this wireless access point. Full stop. Problem went away. So when printer number two came in, I had to do the same thing, get it up and running, get it its assigned IP address, lock it to the same uh, wireless access point, which is in the basement, and that also has been working just fine. One of the big complaints I hear about the bamboo or, or negative comments, it's usually not from people who actually own one, is that Oh, you have to send everything to the cloud, and the cloud is in China, and this is a you know this is a thing. And then John Saunders uh, made a comment uh, to me uh, that he's not even worried about that. Well, when I started using the software and I started using the slicer and using the network connectivity, here's what I learned: there is a um, you could say from the slicer that's sitting on the same network as the printer, 
this is Bamboo Studio, right? You could say, send this to the printer, and it will dutifully send your model to the printer and start printing. However, when you do that, it sends it via the cloud. So it sends it up to the cloud, and it goes to your printer that's sitting there listening to the cloud, and it says, here's your model. So in that particular case, yes, your, mo your model, your, your file is flying through uh, the, the Bamboo uh, cloud server, which may be wherever in China. However, if you say, instead of choosing send to printer, you could say, um, I'm sorry, instead of saying print this, this model, you say send this model. It will find your printer on the local area network and it will send it to the SD card on the printer. That does not involve the cloud. And that's what I've been doing kind of routinely just because it's expedient. And I want my files on my little SD card on the printer. So that was eye-opening once you figure out that, that that's happening. It's like, oh, okay. So I, I can send it through the cloud or I can not send it through the cloud. The other thing that, uh, that I have found very useful is, you know, I have a bunch of standard things which I print all the time. Uh, if you have a set of uh, PFG stones, and if you don't have a set of PFG stones, what are you waiting for? Go to pfgstones.com. So all of my PFG stones live in these red trays, and you've seen them. Um, and so I like having all of my released files for 3D printing on the printer. So I could literally walk up to the printer and say, Start making uh, six-inch trays and walk away. And it just starts making six-inch trays. I don't have to sit down at a computer at all. So on the bamboo, you could stick a little micro SD card in it. And if it's a big micro SD card, I forget. They, they actually tell you how big it can be. It could store a ridiculous number of files. So I like to have all of my released uh, part, part files on the micro SD cards. So I could wander up to it and say, you know, holding my spreadsheet, <laughs> which is, you know, I work for the spreadsheet. Everybody says, oh, you, are you self-employed? No, I work for the spreadsheet. So I walk up to it with my spreadsheet and it says, hey, you need two six-inch trays and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I could walk up to it and on go to each printer, start this, start this, walk away. And the uh, so that's that's how you get the files there. You You use the, the send function. It sends it to the SD card where it will sit there forever until you get rid of it. And you could just walk up to the printer and start. So that feature has been glorious. Um, and uh, yeah. The other thing that has been glorious was is the AMS. You know, I used to joke around when you buy a CNC machine, like I have a vertical machining center, which is a sharp... Uh, 2412 and it has a 16 tool changer and of course everybody who has a cnc machine um i don't remember the size i think um the size uh, kbonk asks do you know the size of the sd card i am using an 8 gigabyte sd card for a very highly technical reason i had an 8 gigabyte sd card so i actually had two of those and so there's an 8-gig SD card in each of the two printers, and it's totally happy with that. Can you imagine having 8 gigabytes of, of 3MF files or G-code files? I cannot. So um, we used to joke about uh, uh, when you buy a CNC machine, the most important part of the CNC machine is the tool changer. That's what you're paying for, the fact that it's going to change tools and keep going all, all on its own. So the other feature which I truly love about the bamboo and the AMS is that I can have my favorite red filament, which is used for my parts, and have two spools of it and then go into the menus and, and check the box that says, when you run out of this spool, continue with this spool. And that has worked. I've tested it. It works great. You... you you can have a glitch, a visible glitch, if it's if it was busy working on the outside perimeter when it switched. Yes, it is possible to have a visible blemish. Um, but if it's doing it 
anywhere on the you know interior, you know, infill or whatever, you're never going to see any glitch, and it's going to keep on going and finish printing. So, uh, once again, one of the best features of the printer is not the printer; it's the AMS sitting on the printer. So that that has worked out stunningly well. Um, I'll be honest with you; I was looking at the, you know, I was looking at the bench. I was looking at the two Pruces, which are still sitting there. So I got the two Pruces on the left. And I've got the two bamboos on the right. And the Prusas have each have a roll of Prusa Silver PLA. <clears throat> if you ever bought a Prusa, you know you get this roll of their Silver PLA. That's sort of the standard thing. And uh, um, those the two printers have my last two rolls of Prusa P, uh, Silver PLA that have been kicking around. And I've been using them to make my desiccant containers, which you're going to see. I'll show you a picture here, but I've posted it up on Instagram. Uh, Wes says, you can use up to a 2 terabyte SD card, which is ridiculous. So I'm using 8 gigabyte cards, um, and you could use up to a 2 terabyte card. So there's your answer. Thanks, Wes. Appreciate you doing that. Um, hey, Wes, usually you have, you're have you running two hands here. I see you only on one platform. That that's a little disturbing. <laughs> um, so, anyway, been great. Um, the focus this week has been uh, humidity, <laughs> uh, literally. So, I had some issues when I first started printing PETG on the bamboo. I talked about this last week. And as soon as I dried my filament, which is ironic, uh, because I'm like the world's biggest proponent for dry filament, uh, as soon as I dried the filament, all my problems went away. And I, I had literally uh, eight versions of, of setup for the PETG filament in Bamboo Studio, and I, I made a change. I tried R1, R2, R3. I'm, I'm trying to tweak it to get rid of the stringing I was seeing, to get rid of the blobs I was getting, and I'm doing all these things. I got up to R8, and then I dried my filament, and everything started working, and I literally backed out all of my changes to the point where I'm using generic settings on everything, generic PETG, and all the other settings are built-in generic settings with properly dried PETG perfect prints. So I went on a rampage and I, I dried every roll of filament. But not only that, I started developing a process by which I can continue to have, um, have dry filament. Uh, all rise for Robin Renzetti. Be seated. Hi, Rob. Nice to see you. Robin and I talked earlier today um, in which he coined the phrase, did I get, is, is it is it unintentional influencer? Or what was the, what was the correct phrase, Robin? Hey, Practical Renaissance is here. Welcome aboard, sir. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Machinist, M Machine New Zealand, welcome aboard. Nice to see you. Yeah, I'm glad you were able to make it. Uh, just as an aside here before we jump into the unintentional influencer. Got it. I just want to know how to get, you know, what to put on the T-shirt. <laughs> um. So we did slide the time today to 2 p.m., and I've been getting very good feedback. Um, oh, Robin is collecting data, K-Bonk. Don't give him any grief. He's going to give us a weather report. Um, uh, <laughs> that was a little... It caught me off guard there. Uh, we slid the time down to uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, and I got a lot of good feedback, amongst whom was... Uh, the Honorable Robin Ranzetti. Uh, so if anybody has any feedback about the later time, please let me know, positive or negative. You could do it in private or you could scream it in public. It's up to you. 
No weather check. <laughs> it's Father's Day. That is a weather check in and of itself. Happy Father's Day to all. Um, and I got a picture of my dad sitting right there. May he rest in peace. So uh, getting back to the topic at hand. So I started developing a system, a, a systematic approach for drying filament, storing filament dry, and using dry filament. I'm going to turn on my uh, little slideshow here. Um, if you're watching on the YouTubes uh, or on the Discord server, you'll be able to see this. Um, and I know I mentioned it before, but the Discord server, that, as used previously, we had uh, a chat input from the, from the Discord. Now you can actually watch the live on the Discord server, plus we have the chat input. And we're going to do more with this in the future because it's a good tool. Um, so I, if you if you follow the Instagram feed, I started printing these uh, desiccant containers, which I found on on uh, printables.com. And uh, oh, this just in. Daniel says seventy six Fahrenheit, a bit north of New York City. You got to give me a little more information. Are you in Larchmont? Are you in, um, oh, what's that thing next door to Larchmont? Where are you? A bit north. We call it, by the way, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, so we call that the country. <laughs> uh, so um, you can see in the picture, you, you have a roll of filament. Oh, Spring Valley. Yeah. Excellent. Well, welcome aboard, Daniel. Uh, we... In the, in the center of your roll of filament, there's this hole, right? So this this dude designed this glorious um, desiccant holder that, that drops right in that hole. What's really cool about his design is how it prints. And you have to, I, we may have a close-up of it in a, in a few slides here. But it, on top of the container, you snap in a, a $3 hygrometer, Okay, and then the whole thing drops into a Sterilite container, which is just the right size and costs um, four or five bucks, I think. All the order numbers for these things, by the way, are on my links page at pfg.gg slash links. So you can uh, check it out. So my system now is you throw, you cut out the card that came on the box of filament and you throw that into the container with your roll of filament plus your hygrometer uh, and desiccant container and that that gets sealed up and that has been working spectacularly well here's a picture uh, of the desiccant container now the guy who designed this uh, said that he was in he was influenced he was inspired by the shape of gears in the design of this of this container and he did a just spectacular job uh, the it it's, looks like gears with a 45 degree bevel on the bottom and it prints with i think one one or two uh peripheries and it makes this completely perforated container that's strong and perfect uh it has a screw on top the threads work perfectly into which you snap one of these three dollar hygrometers from amazon and that's your assembly um not shown inside is the blue silica gel beads which are indicating silica gel so they turn pink or red they go red when they are wet and we'll see a picture of that in a second also Let's see. Ah, here's a great picture. Okay, this this shows you the the uh, cross section. So you can see the structure of the walls of this thing, uh, and you can see the threads. And literally, this came off of the Prusa printer. A little bit of irony for you. Uh, that's Prusa PLA, and those threads just work. They just went together like they were machined, uh, just beautifully. Um. 
And then I, so then I, after, after starting to get some serious success, uh, I torture tested the printer and I made some of these dragons, um, to give away. And the dry filament, the combination of the dry filament and the wonderful machine just made short work of these. So here's a picture of the first experiment I did with these, um, another design. So, so let's back up a little bit. I have an oven, I have a lab oven in which I dry my filament. You could dry it in your oven in the kitchen. You could, I saw Robin had a, um, oversized toaster oven with, uh, I think you put a PID on it. Um, you only need uh, for PETG, you need 150 degrees Fahrenheit, which I think is 70 C 65 C. Um, and for PLA, you need 120 degrees Fahrenheit, which I think is 55 C and, um, and it works great. Uh, two hours to four hours, four hours, I think is the full guaranteed dry. Um, Oh, I just saw Daniel's comment on the other side of the Tapenzi. I have been through that uh, many times, Daniel, uh, doing the doing the north south run. Oh, okay. So you got a large dehydrator and it holds six spools. Excellent. So you just have to, you don't need a, need a lot of temperature. You just need some hours, and you end up with dry filament. It gets the the little uh, desiccant container, its own hygrometer, drops into a sterilite container. Now you have storage. So Kevin says home oven will radiate hotter than is good for your spools. Avoid. Yeah, if if you are not a hundred percent sure, be a hundred percent sure. My my home oven is a. Oh, I guess this is a good point. Kevin brings up a good point. I guess I got spoiled. I'm using a convection oven. Like we have an oven that you could turn on convection and it blows, it circulates the hot air. So really it's acting exactly like a lab oven. Like, in fact, that's what my lab oven does in the shop. Um, but I would imagine if it is a simple oven that does not have um, uh, convection, use caution. Uh, also, no gas ovens. This is electric oven we're talking about. Okay, so we made it into your container, right? So now we have dry filament. Um, before I go on, I just want to point out that I have numerous experiences with factory fresh, sealed, vacuum sealed, you know, uh, filament rolls. Still, the vacuum is still good. It has a desiccant package in the vacuum in the package. You stick your knife in it; it goes. You know, it's totally fine. You take it out, and the filament's wet. So, my general philosophy now is: when the filament comes in before use, it gets dried. Full stop. Why? Why wonder when you can know? Um, so that's what happens now with incoming filament. Now I will print with a spool directly out of the packaging as an experiment, which is what I did this week. And I have to report that the two, one, two, three, uh, no, two, two rolls of bamboo filament that came out of the packaging, just as I described, no additional drying were perfect. So that was a really nice sign. Um, but that's not always true. Okay. So what's going on here? <laughs> uh, okay. The, now that you, you've done that, you take your roll of filament out and you put it in your AMS, right? Well, the AMS has these two little containers or two little spots where you put a pouch of, um, or they want you to put a pouch of desiccant. It's a little small, and I've al I already saw it start creeping. Uh, the humidity, uh, I, I put a monitor in there, start creeping up after only a week and a half or something. So I went on to uh, uh, printables, and I found a couple of things. The first things I found were replacements for those 
two little pouches to use your own desiccant in a little container. I printed those. Those were great. But then I found another one, and it was these uh, desiccant containers that fit in the front of the AMS in between the little motor sections. And you could put three of them in there, and I did a test print. So the picture you see on the screen is the, is the first test print I did with tough PLA. So this was a combination of I want to try printing this thing and I want to try this new filament. Both of those things, by the way, went spectacularly well. So this thing printed without supports. It was pretty spectacular. Here's what it looks like. You, you, you print two of these containers and then a third container that has the spot for the hygrometer. Okay. And these go in the front of the AMS and you have the two little ones in the back of the AMS. And I am here to tell you, I, I don't know if I have a picture of this, but my, my AMS interior is now running at 16% relative humidity in a basement that is presently running um, 60, 60% relative humidity. Here's a picture of the hygrometer stuffed into the then empty container. Um, and then these are some of the prints that I started uh, doing. Um, Robin says the Excalibur dehydrator is high airflow and at 50 C average, the max swing on a thermocouple in the center of the oven while drying four spools only swings plus or minus four degrees C as measured with a Fluke 87 with a thermocouple attachment <laughs> in full data collection mode. So... There you go. Excalibur dehydrator uh, recommended by Robin, the unintentional influencer. Um, and that sounds like a good recommendation. Uh, let's see. There's a Oh, here we I did get a picture of it. So here's a close up of the. Um, so if you're on the. If you're on the. Actually, even if you're not on the Discord chat, if you can see it on your screen, if you're watching on YouTube, there's a picture of. Um, Wes uh, printing the same model we're talking about and his tree support from Bamboo Studio. Beautiful. And we both printed in the yellow PLA. By the way, the yellow PLA is really sharp. Your model looks a little different. Why is your model a little different? You're, you have the vertical and horizontal slots. I have 45-degree slots. You might have picked a different one, right? Anyway, 16% <clears throat> relative humidity is now... Uh, my my baseline uh so we have it in both sides and there there's a picture of my hygrometers saying uh one says 58 percent, one says 60 percent relative humidity so working awesomely well um all subsequent printing after getting all the humidity and filament drying issues has been tremendous so I, I strongly recommend uh, this this process. Now, it's a closed loop system. Uh, eventually, the hygrometers are going to say to you, "I am not holding my own." Okay, that sixteen percent number is going to start climbing. I found one reference in uh, manufacturers. Uh, I think it was in Bamboo's data sheets for recommended maximum storage humidity and that number was 20 percent i hadn't seen any numbers before so 20 percent is my limit so if i can't hold 20 percent something's wrong which means probably my desiccant is used up so here's a couple of pictures these are out of uh out of order but it doesn't matter uh, this is the picture of my desiccant after drying it's this beautiful deep blue okay and the way you know that it needs drying is when it looks like this, which is pink. So this is the same tray. The only difference between the two pictures was two hours um, at, or I'm sorry, four hours. It's two or four hours, I don't remember, at 250 Fahrenheit. And that recharges the, the desiccant. But isn't that, isn't that striking? There's... Uh, that's dry, and that's wet. Blue and pink. Uh, 
so we now have a, a, a totally closed loop system for monitoring the humidity, drying the filament, and keeping it that way. The number of headaches that I'll go, I'm going to make a general statement. You could argue with me later. The number of headaches you will avoid by by taking these steps is is amazing. I, I think eighty percent of all of the complaining and whining about three D printing goes away by doing this because I don't think the difference between filaments is, is you know between PETG from this manufacturer is much uh, different from PETG from this other manufacturer. I think I think if you didn't dry the filament. You don't know what you're starting with. So the picture I just put up is I did a couple of 20 millimeter calibration cubes. This is a this is a model I have used for years. Um, and I was evaluating another manufacturer's filament. So I, I've been I've been using the the, the the heading of this topic is redundancy uh, and backup. So I've been using overture PETG red for my trays uh, for years. And that's sort of been um, the trademark or the trade dress for the PFG stones. Um, so I wanted a backup for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is, while I like the carb, uh, the cardboard fill, uh, spools that the overture is coming on, I, you have to do something additional to deal with it in the AMS uh, because of dust and friction. So I wanted to see if I could find another filament that comes on a plastic spool and I started an examination of the different filaments. I'm happy to report that eSun, which I liked a while ago, I still like. The eSun filament was a drop-in replacement for the Overture filament. So that was some redundancy. What I didn't like is that they started, Esun started coming in these big, heavy, solid, black plastic spools, which I think is a complete waste. And I do not understand, and maybe somebody can fill me in, as to why they, they changed. Because I used to get Esun, <clears throat> excuse me, I used to get Esun in a clear plastic spool that had a lot of windows in it, so it was relatively lightweight. And for some reason, they switched. So I don't know if somebody bought the company or they merged or whatever. But like the filament now, hate the spool now. So then I tried a third vendor, which was Sun Lu. Um, and Sun Lu was very inexpensive. Not only was it very inexpensive, it came in like, like Amazon stocks it in their warehouses. I had it literally the next day. That's the good news. The bad news is it responded to drying. You know what that means. It came in not quite dry. No big deal because I, I basically think everybody's going to be like that. But the color was not great. It, it was not saturated and I, I rejected it on color. Um, I liked their spool because it, it had the windows and it had the minimization of material in a plastic spool. It was kind of the, the best spool. So for me, Overture was the best filament with the best color. The best spool was the Sunlu. <laughs> and Esun had an excellent uh, filament with a lousy spool. So that was my uh, comparison for the last week. Now, Having said all that, I I couldn't get red bamboo PETG because they don't make it. <laughs> they don't make a plain Jane PETG. Uh, as you know, or as you will know, bamboo makes a whole bunch of alloys. Like they make a PETG with carbon fiber, which I think, Robin, you tried and, and liked a lot. They, they make um, some other cool stuff. But they don't make. I wanted a drop in replacement, and they didn't. They didn't make plain PETG. Having said that, I also tested a bunch of the bamboo filaments this week. Let me just say that uniformly, I have liked their filaments, and and their filaments. This is unsurprising. Uh, drop into the printer. You use their uh, built-in 
profiles and they work perfectly. So that's unsurprising, but that is a, a pleasant unsurprise. So I was really happy about that. Um, but I didn't, they didn't have a red PETG. So that's kind of a bummer. So I'm all set on that. Hey, machine New Zealand. Thanks for being here, man. Uh, sorry to hear you have to go to work. We'll catch up with you. <laughs> we'll save this for you on YouTube and on your favorite podcatcher. Um, so that, that was all this last week. It was, it was a lot of, uh, a lot of research, a lot of measurements, a lot of, uh, trial and error. Um, So Robin, Robin got the the potpourri, the uh, complete smorgasbord of uh, of the, the bamboo filaments, and he said he's used PLA and PLA plus. I think PLA plus is that the same as PLA tough? I believe it is, uh, and I was super impressed. Let me say that again. I was super impressed with PLA tough because the the. the PETG is not perfect for printing. PLA is perfect for printing. But PETG is perfect for toughness. And PLA is not perfect for toughness. So they made this alloy. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what the... Anyway, I, I printed out <laughs> uh, this chart, this PDF chart. It doesn't even have all of their filaments on it. But they had it on the website, and I was I was looking at it, and I'm trying to figure out the pedigree of everything. But I, I'm not ready to talk about that yet, except to say that the, it all worked very well. The PLA tough was very impressive. the The plain Jane PLA was exactly what you want. It was detailed and just beautiful. Okay, gotcha. Um, so I, I have, I have nothing, nothing, uh, negative to report. Uh, everything has just gone, uh, swimmingly well. Having two printers in a, um, revenue environment, you know, I'm, I'm making money, not making money from prints, but the prints are part of my product, right? And they're going out the, I guess I am making money from the prints, um, but having the two printers is very important to me. Um, if one goes down, the other one is still going. That's why I still have the two Prusas, because <laughs> I'm sure, but I'm not that sure. So after a respectful amount of time, the Prusas will go away. But having the two printers in parallel, uh, vetted, working great, is is has been a uh, a fantastic thing, and. We have graduated to full production on the on the bamboos. They are no longer experimental. They are making trays. They're making lids. They're doing all my stuff and doing my... And they're fast enough so that they don't spend all their time doing that. I can do engineering. So now I, I have engineering models that, <laughs> that I'm making on them and the other filaments are starting to play into that. So I told you that whole story to get back to the Prusas with the two spools of Prusa PLA silver on them. When those two spools are used, and those spools, by the way, are too wide to fit into the uh, AMS. <laughs> so when those spools are used up, sorry, Joseph, those printers are off the bench. And uh, they might get donated to the same place I donated the first one, um, or they may sit around as, as emergency spares. We'll see. So that's the story on the the current state of, of the bamboos uh, and the whole the whole process. At this time, I'm going to uh, drink some beer. So this is by no means a commercial, <clears throat> but a few years ago we did a shootout on ginger beers. I think Robin, I think you and I uh, compared some notes on this. And my favorite, when all the dust shook out, was this uh, Bundaberg. A, a close second was was a uh, Trader Joe's brand, uh, which was good, and it had a little, a little kick to it. But we really like uh, this uh, Bundaberg. Now, the weird thing it says on it, 
Let's see if I can show it to you. It says um, right there. It says invert bottle before opening. Now, I think this is the uh, Aussies just having fun with us. But I'm going to try it. I'm going to invert the bottle. And then I'm going to open it. All right. Ready? I'm just kidding. I think what they mean is <laughs> to mix the bottle before opening it. Uh, there we go. These guys have a sense of humor. So my question for you guys is, if you're doing 3D printing, what, what filaments are you using uh, and what brands? I'm always interested in hearing about, you know, excellent, excellent brands that, that do a good job and they're totally consistent. So <laughs> Rob Renz found a brand of, uh, of uh, uh, ginger beer called Goya. He says it's like drinking a thousand bee stings. <laughs> I like a, I like the Goya products a lot. Um, we've used a lot of it over the years. I'll I'll look it up. I'm gonna write that down for homework. Goya ginger beer. In fact, I have to go shopping for mom later, so I'm gonna check the supermarket for that. So those are the two things we're talking about now. Filament and ginger beer. And preferably they should match. So if you have any questions about any of this 3D printing process, let me know. Uh, put it in the chat and we'll see if we can't address it. Uh, I got a couple of projects coming up where 3D printing is going to be part of the um, part of the process. Uh the pin, the pin project, which is ongoing, uh, and the pin support project, the anti anti chatter aspect, is part of uh, what is going to get some three D printing love. And stay tuned for that. It'll be similar to what we did before, except in uh, involving the uh, damping idea, and I've talked about it a little bit. Um, the magnetic damping is coming. But this week was getting the tools in place and checking them out, and they check out. So that was that was fantastic. Um, and the response of the company to problems, to issues, has been spectacular. Uh, not fast, but good. So they they're sending me a new printer because I I have that bent bracket problem. Um. And except for the four days delay, I would consider it, you know, world-class customer service. Um, so just to, <laughs> I was thinking about this today. I don't know why I was thinking. Oh, I remember why. I, a friend of mine called me up um, with some goodies that he wanted to know if I was interested in, some uh, toolmaker tools and stuff, which I, I, he's going to talk about. He, he actually did a video. Um, uh, this is... Uh, Almost machining. Uh, he did a video on YouTube. You might want to watch that. He's taking some cool stuff to the bash uh, for sale. But anyway, we were talking, and I just it caused me to remember how I was treated by Suburban Tool uh, after spending thirty two hundred dollars, thirty five hundred dollars with them, and uh, I had a problem on one of the products. It was really, you know. It, it was not right, and they basically, they basically brushed me off. Okay, uh, I still remember that, and that was the last time I purchased anything new from Suburban Tool. That was not that was not nice. And now these guys who you know are halfway around the world, they're like, oh yeah, we're gonna send you a new one, no problem. Uh, so been been pretty impressed. Um, let's see. So I think we covered, uh, the, the, um, so all, all of the links for the desiccant and all the other products we talked about are on my uh, links page. Um, somebody asked me about, you know, what kind of desiccant am I using and 
is it the right you know is is it the recommended type i, I did not do a um a thorough deep dive into desiccants i went on ebay uh, uh sorry amazon and i found this indicator uh silica gel and it met the requirements and i started using it so that's the one i've, I've been using i don't have any particular um you know loyalty to to the brand uh, but it has it has worked just spectacularly well. Um, let's see. I see precisely imprecise in Discord. One of the things we we're able to do now is take a um, an audio question. Like if you want to uh, ask a question on Discord, uh, we can we can take it. And precisely imprecise. If you're, I wouldn't do this if you if you're uh, watching and listening from your phone. But if you're if you're on your PC and you want to. Uh, try the um try that feature you're welcome to do it and we'll we'll test it out in front of everybody live <laughs> and if you have any questions at this point on any topic please put them in the chat as we enter the last nine minutes of our uh, time together and meanwhile i'm gonna have a sip of bundaberg Oh, there was one weird thing I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, oh, there was actually two things. <laughs> so do you want to try you want to try the uh, audio feature? You want to you know raise your hand, ask a question or something? We can give that a shot. I don't know what it looks like from your end, but you can give it a shot. Uh, so bef uh, real quick. Uh, April 2nd's PFG Live on YouTube, it didn't exactly disappear, but I was scanning the list today and it had a length of two minutes. And I looked at it and it was like really weird. So I, I'm in the process of trying to restore it. But if you see that, just, you know, let me, if you ever see anything like that, let me know. But that was kind of weird. So that should be fixed, hopefully, by the end of today. Oh, the, the other topic on 3D printing um, is that, you know, they ship you, they ship you glue stick. And let me see if I can bring up this picture. Well, the picture we used today, yeah, here it is. Let's see if we can show you that. So they, they, they ship you glue stick. I don't know if you... Uh... Nah, you can't quite see it. But printed printed on the uh, plate itself, it says glue stick can help. And then they give you glue stick. And they talk about using glue stick. And I look at Wes's picture and I see glue stick on his build plate. I have not touched glue, glue stick. So based on my experiences with the Prusa, and I made, I talked about this in the video that I made called Reliable PETG on the Prusa. Um, I have not used glue stick at all, and the printing is going spectacularly well. Let me tell you what I'm doing. I'm printing PETG on the textured side of the so-called engineering plate. I clean it with isopropyl alcohol and I print full stop. Okay. Works perfectly well. When I use PLA, I print on the smooth side. Uh, I, I, yeah, Wes, Wes said this was PLA. I know here it comes. If you flip that plate over, this is the, the default plate. This is the plate they ship you, you know, on the printer, ready to print. If you flip it over, it says on it PLA, and it's the smooth side. Okay, it's I think they call it the cool plate or the cool slash PLA plate. Here's how I print PLA: I take that plate, I clean it with isopropyl alcohol, I print. Works perfectly. So I haven't used glue stick also known as pva polyvinyl acetate i haven't touched 
glue stick in two years, roughly. Um, and it's, I, I, I'm not, I'm honestly not sure when it's needed anymore. So it used to be that, yeah, give it a shot, Wes, seriously. Um, I think they oversell the glue stick thing a little bit, but I haven't touched glue stick in so long. I, I, I wouldn't know what to do with it. I used to mix it with water when I was using the Taz six printer. It was used as a release agent for printing PETG on a PEI bed or polyetheremid bed, which was smooth and non-removable. So let's think this through. If you if you printed PETG on PEI clean, it would chemically bond and it, it would be super hard to remove. So using uh, glue stick was actually as a mold release effectively between PETG and PEI. The Windex that I talked about in my video on the Prusa was acting as that. It was a, it was a release agent to prevent damage. Um, and on the Taz 6, it was not a removable plate. Oh, <laughs> I, I will give you a quick update on the Benelli pins. Um, so when I show up here with this, uh, uh, the, the bamboo plate, I did the, um, I did the same thing. I used the Windex on the bamboo plate, on the engineering plate, and it was insufficient um, adhesion. So I went and I I went down a step, right, which is clean it and print it clean. It was perfect. Um, and similarly, on the other side with the PLA, I just printed it clean and it was perfect. So... I don't use glue stick. I don't know if that comes as a shock or if anybody at Bamboo is listening, but I'm going to sell my glue sticks. <laughs> so that's the glue stick story. I just wanted you to hear that from me. So if you're messing around with glue stick because you feel you have to, I encourage you, PLA on the PLA plate, isopropyl alcohol clean, PETG on the engineering plate that says PETG on it, isopropyl alcohol clean. Give it a shot. Let me know what happens. And if this if this disturbs anybody, I'm I'm terribly sorry. Um, let's see. I'm at the end of my list, except uh, Tim is demanding a quick update on the Benelli pins. So no no grinder action on the Benelli pins since the last update. Uh, some design work on my part, which I'm not ready to show. Um, on the new damper uh, is has happened and it will be it will have a principally 3d printed body so uh, that's the 3d printing angle uh, uh, Rob Rand says you have a large contact area on your production parts absolutely but I didn't have a large contact area like on these um, on these desiccant containers um, I, like I said, I, I haven't seen anything urging me to do anything other than what I just described. So Daniel wants the model number for the Excalibur dryer, Rob Renz. And we'll, we'll tell everybody what that is. Is that off of uh, Amazon? Yeah, I'll keep you posted, Tim. Uh, I, in, I intend to finish this and get and solve this problem. Um. The progress is not as fast as anybody would like, but we're getting there. Uh, I've been talking to Rob Renz about my uh, damper ideas and, and got some very healthy pushback. So that means we have a ball game. <laughs> so I'll keep you posted on the Benelli pins. Um, and I think that's it. We're coming up on the end of the hour here. I want to thank everybody for playing. We're going to keep the, the start time uh, of 2 p.m. Eastern time from now on. I think it's a little better. I think there's some folks that can make it that wouldn't otherwise be able to make it. And that's good enough for me. 
Kevin says thanks to everybody. Thank you for being here, Kevin. And um, and the Discord. So Discord will continue doing it just like this. You'll be able to uh, ask questions on Discord or, or make contributions on Discord via audio from now on. Uh, there's a button that says uh, raise my hand or something. Um, and if you hit that and I and I uh, approve it, then you, your audio will go right into our, uh, our podcast here. C.J. Stevens, have a great week. And as Kevin Blodgett would re- remind us, <laughs> don't forget to depress the vertically oriented opposable digit button. Like, subscribe, throw me heaps of cash, and we'll see you guys next Sunday. Take care, guys. There'll be a brief after show in the Discord server where we talk about everybody that isn't in the Discord server. Have an awesome week, everyone. Take care.